Today's Your Stories is brought to you by the Second City Training Center. Find your funny this week with a $20 improv drop-in class at the Second City Training Center in Chicago. Your first drop-in is on us. Use the code TESTDRIVE for a free improv drop-in any Sunday at 7 p.m. For more information, go to secondcity.com backslash TC or call 312-664-3959 to register. Hey everyone, I'm Eric Arnault and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast with day five of our Fortnite from the Heart celebration. If you only check this feed on Mondays, you might be a little surprised to see that the show's been daily since February 1st. Well, in case you missed my explaining why that is last week, each day from February 1st to 14th, we're diving into our archives to release a classic love or love adjacent piece and a ballady song to celebrate our own Fortnite from the Heart a tradition started by Chicago comedian Tyler Snodgrass that you can hear all about in last week's episode. And we've got a big one for you today, friends. This is one of the most repeated and shared pieces in the history of our show, I think. Teller Henry Birdseye is a man who dates a lot. So much so that I've tried to get him to start his own dating podcast. Really, that's true. And he often has pretty great dating stories to share on this show. But this one is the wildest ride of an evening I can imagine. It clocks in at about 22 minutes, but I promise it holds your attention the whole time. Get ready to hear about the travails of Karen. And that's paired with one of the most epic Swing for the Fences power ballads of all time, the appropriately titled I'd Do Anything for Love But I Won't Do That, performed by Dwight Hassler and myself way back at our first show at the Public House Theater in January 2013. That was like three or four venues ago. Now, if you've heard me talk about the Fortnite before, you know that I also include giving to local nonprofits as part of my personal series, which I've been posting on my own Facebook page. Uh, today, that donation is going to National Lewis University's Pathways Program, a progressive educational institution that helps in-need high school graduates receive a college education for an incredibly reduced price, potentially even free, and includes serious foundational skills training as well as specialized education in a number of applicable fields. It's a great program that a couple of our storytellers teach at, and I'm happy to support their work. Learn more about the Pathways program at National Lewis University by heading to nl.edu. That is a really easy address to remember. And with no further ado, let's get ready for Karen. There he is. Yeah, so uh, Henry is one of uh, the newer storytellers when we moved into this space. Uh, he works here at the Cards office, and uh, he, I, I, when he tells a story, it's, it's just the most genuine thing you can get. He's just a very genuine person, and I love hearing him tell a story. Uh, Henry Birdseye. Thanks for having me. Oh, boy. Uh, good stories tonight. Uh, Dwight, thank you for having me. I, I guess I didn't consider myself a storyteller until last year when I started doing your stories. And now I guess I take a lot of pride in that, and it feels good. Um, so if the theme is, is your story, then I guess um, 
I guess if I had to think, like, who am I? I am open to new experiences. I um, I like meeting new people, um, typically in, like, a single dating guy sense. But I like meeting new people in general, too. And I, I tend to trust people to a fault. And so if I had to kind of wrap that up in a story, um, uh, I, it's another stupid single dating guy story. So, um, so a while ago, a Lyft driver was taking me to a date and it was a first date and she goes, Oh, do you have any, like, you have any, like a crazy date to talk about? And I was like, no, I'm a straight guy. I go out with women. They're generally very nice and, and everything goes smoothly. In worst case scenario, there's no connection. And, I go home and I just kind of shrug it off and it's not a big deal. And she goes, oh, one time I went on a double date and the other couple was having a great time. And then my date, when he got up to use the bathroom, on his way to the bathroom, he licked my back. (laughs) Oh, is this what it's like when things get bad or weird? And I didn't have a response to that kind of question until last December. Six months ago, uh, it was December, and it was cold, and I was lonely. I wasn't really seeing anyone, and it was so fucking cold outside. And it was just, I was not in a good place, and I knew that Christmas was coming, and I was going to go home for the holidays and see my family and just be like, yes, I don't, you're right, I don't have anyone. I'm just, I'm still out there looking, and no one feels like home, and oh, boy, we're having turkey? This is going to be, I'm going to risk time. So... Uh, and then, and then I knew New Year's was coming, and I didn't have a New Year's date, and I was just like, "Great, I'm just gonna see all my friends, and they're gonna have their plus ones, and they're gonna kiss people, and the ball drops, and yada yada. That's cool. I'll put lipstick on my hand, kiss my hand, whatever. Happy New Year! I'm alone. So, um, <laughs> that is that is what I had prepared myself for. And then uh, on one of the the dating apps that I was using, um, a very uh, a pretty lady messaged me, and I was like, oh, she contacted me first, and she was, there's a kind of beauty that, that men can experience, at least I'm just speaking for straight dudes here, but like, you see a lady, and she's so pretty, you're like a little angry, like you can't explain, you're just like, how, how are you so pretty, and you, it's, this, I guess like women don't experience this, but when you're a dude, you're just like, fuck, how do you exist, and this type of lady messaged me, and I was like, oh, this is great, and her name was, well, We'll just call her Karen. And um, and so Karen messaged me, and we got to talking. And uh, I was so excited that in this shitty, dark, cold weather, a lady was interested in talking to me. And we talked uh, over text for, like, a week and a half. And it was going pretty good. And she let me make my weird jokes, but occasionally she would chime in on the weird jokes and take it to, like, a dark or mean place. And I wouldn't respond because I didn't know how to yes-and her terribleness. Um, but I figured, fine, maybe she's just a little, like, this is just her thing. And then, so I wouldn't respond to one of her dark jokes. And then, like, a, and then, like, a half hour would pass, and she'd reply, I was kidding. And say, okay, that's, sure, I'm sorry, I just, I was in a meeting or something. I don't know, I would lie. And so we finally meet up on a Monday night, and we're just going to get like uh, dinner and drinks and it's a Monday night and I get to the bar first and I text her I say uh, I'm here and she replies be there in 25 minutes and I think fuck really 25 minutes Jesus Christ like 25 minutes is a calculation if she said 30 minutes 40 minutes an hour she's fucking with me clearly that's some sort of weird joke but 25 minutes is someone doing math someone saying well I have to I have to dry my hair and then I have to put clothes on then I have to I have to go hop in a cab and I know it takes this long to get there 25 minutes seems so 
calculated that I'm just like, fuck, I'm going to sit here at this bar and I'm going to be the guy that drinks water by himself and the waiter's going to feel bad for me. And what a fucking bummer. And then she got there two minutes later. And, <laughs> and uh, I said, um, so like 20, she's like, I was joking. I was like, all right, well, you, you joke a little weird. Uh, and <laughs> we, we, oh, it gets so much worse. Okay, so we get to chatting, and um, I'm telling her about my life in the previous month at, uh, at work. I work for Cards Against Humanity, and we did a very strange Black Friday prank where, uh, for you know, Black Friday is a day in which you should be buying nothing, and we would sell you nothing for five dollars, and so people could just give us five dollars and get nothing in return. And I didn't know this was going to happen, but. The, 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 the people high up at the company decided, well, we're just going to take whatever money we raise on Black Friday and just give it to the employees. And so that meant on Black Friday at 4 p.m., I was told by my boss, hey, you need to figure out what you're going to do with the three or $4,000 we're going to give you. And so I had to figure that out. And I set aside some money. I got my mama used car, and I just got some stuff. And then I set aside my, my coworker, Lauren, set aside some money to go to Schwa, which is a very nice restaurant in Chicago. And I was like, that's a great idea. I'm going to copy Lauren. That fucking rules. And then when, and then all the things we were going to spend our money on ended up on the internet. And uh, NPR's Peter Sagal sent Lauren a reply on Twitter saying, Lauren, I'll go, to, I'll go to Schwa with you. And Lauren's like, I'm going with my boyfriend. I don't know what to say to you, Peter Sagal. And she said nothing back. And I was telling Karen this. I'm like, well, um, Fuck, I'd go to Schwa with Peter Sagal. That would be so great. Going to Schwa with NPR's Peter Sagal, that would be so exciting. And Karen says, I don't know who that is. And I was like, well, like, Peter Sagal from, like, wait, wait, don't tell me. She's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, well, what about, like, NPR? He's on NPR. And she goes, I don't know what NPR is. I'm like, well, this is a problem. Uh, <laughs> not that I want to, like, go to the farmer's market with her and have something to talk about. But I was like, I just... I expected someone to know what NPR is, and to be a 27-year-old woman and not know what NPR is, I'm like, this is kind of a red flag. Maybe she, has, maybe she was in a cult. I don't know, but I ran with it. And then I tried explaining what NPR was to her. Have you ever tried to do that? You sound like a crazy person. Like, well, it stands for National Public Radio. And, uh, and it's like a it's like public, and there's like there's like a local one everywhere. And she's like, I, I, this is doing nothing for me. I have no idea what you're saying. I'm like, all right, moving right along. We order our food, and um, the, the the waiter brings us our food, and we do that thing where you take your napkins and you put them on your lap. And she says very casually, she says, you know, for 25 years I didn't use napkins. <laughs> and I say. I beg your pardon. And she goes, I just didn't use them. Growing up, people would, people would use napkins. They'd make a mess on their hands and their face. I just didn't use napkins. I was like, what's the point? I'm just not going to make a mess. I don't need napkins. I just didn't use napkins for 25 years. I was like, what about like a, what about like a, like a sloppy Joe? When you have like a sla- like they're sloppy. They're sloppy Josephs. That's what you do. And, and she's like, well, here's what I do. I would wipe my hands on my face, and then I would wipe my hands on my pants. It's like, um, you're an adult woman. This is a very strange thing to hear from you. We move right along, and that's fine. Uh, we get to making conversation, I tell her. I say, well, you know, uh, you can do anything these days. You can have a cool job. I know a man who's a magician, and she leans in, and she goes... What kind of magic does he do? And I say, well, he's, he's on Facebook. He does, like, webcam stuff. He does sleight of hand and mentalist stuff. He'll read your mind. He does a lot of, like, a dollar and a half, whatever. And um, 
She goes, uh, oh, so not real magic. (laughs) I let that go. I'm like, I'm not going to ask her what we find out later. It's fine. So, and then as we're eating, I see her put her hands on her lap. And I say, Amber, are you using a napkin? And she's like, yeah. I was like, all right, just, I have to ask these questions now that I know you do strange things. And then she says, um, later on, she goes, well, you know, you know, dragons are real. And I say, again, could you please clarify what that statement means? And she goes, well, you know, dragons are real. We know this. We know that dragons are real. All, like people, ancient cultures would draw drawings of lizards with wings breathing fire all over the globe. They all did this. They must have been real because people were drawing them and describing them. And we just, listen, I know, I've read the ancient texts. And I don't know what the, I don't know that means like she has like a scroll or a very long Kindle or something. I don't know what the ancient texts are. But she insists dragons are real. Like, what about like, I ask her like, what about like uh, bones? Wouldn't we know from like, we see, like, bones, we're like, that's a dragon, but well, it's not. And so she's like, well, here's the thing. They would look just like dinosaur bones, but they, the, the wings are made of cartilage, and so they wouldn't make fossils the way dragon, like regular bones would. So we just don't know. Also, this is what we know from the ancient text. We know that dragons would chew rocks with methane in them to get the methane out and turn that into fire. This is just what we know. I don't know who the we is here, but she's very confident that dragons are real. And I'm like, that's... That's cool. Thank. I'm still lonely. Like I'm glad you're here. It's fine. So, <laughs> the it, uh, gets so much worse. So the check comes, and I put my card down, and the waiter takes it away, and and uh, she puts her coat on. She stands up. She goes, "Well, I'm going now." And I say, "Whoa! Did I like offend you? Is it because I tried to explain what NPR is to you, or because I tried to argue about dragons or something?" She goes, "No, I'm just going. I'm just gonna go now." I'm like, "Well, okay. Are you sure I said nothing wrong?" She goes, "No, I'm just going." And she's standing there in her coat. And then she takes her coat off and she sits down. She goes, "Just kidding. That's a that's a weird. You're, this is strange. Your kidding is making me uncomfortable." Um, and because I'm a glutton for punishment and I'm kind of curious where this is going to go, we go to a second location. She had mentioned at one point that she enjoyed playing pool, and so I say we should go, we should go play some pool. Obviously, a second location is a great idea. I have an activity in mind. We'll play pool. We go to the Flatiron in Wicker Park, and so we go to the Flatiron. We actually don't get to play pool. It's league night, but we play like that sandy shuffleboard thing where you, you push the discs on the sand, and we're fucking horrible at it, but it gives us something to be shitty at together, and we're talking, and the date seems kind of normal. I buy the first round of drinks. When the beers are empty and the games are done, we're just sitting at this table together. And she goes, tell you what, I'm going to go buy the next round of drinks. I say, that's fantastic. And so she goes and she leaves me alone at this table for two. And it's just me in an empty chair. And while she's gone, um, a homeless man comes into the bar and makes a beeline toward me. Yeah, things are taking a turn. And she comes and he comes up to me and he goes, um, <clears throat> arm wrestle you for a beer. And I say, what does that mean? And he says, we'll arm wrestle, and then the the loser buys the winner a beer. And I realize at this point there are two ways this can go. I can arm wrestle a homeless man and lose to a homeless man, then buy him a beer. Or I can arm wrestle a homeless man and defeat a homeless man. (laughs) Like, yeah, let's really take him down a peg. And then demand he buy me a beer. I'm the champion here. Take that, the homeless. So (laughs) I just say... Can I please just, can I just buy you a beer? And he goes, that's fine, I'll have a bud. I was like, you want to, like, 
come with me? Because there's like a lady who's going to come back. He's like, no, I'm good here. And he sits in Amber's seat, and I go to buy the homeless man a bud because I have no spine. And I go, and I buy the bud, and I come back, and I, I see I see Karen is now back, and she's talking to the homeless man. They're having a very heated conversation. Um, I was kind of glad that she didn't, like, dismiss him and tell him to fuck off, but they're having this very serious conversation, and, and it's getting really heated by the time I get back there with the bud, and I'm like, here's your bud, homeless man. And they are kind of shouting at each other, and she goes, listen, you got to go. I don't know what you said. I don't know what you said, but my chest hurts. you got to go. And the homeless man says, well, I was, a, I was a drummer. I was in a satanic death metal band, and the thing about magic is that when you use it, it takes a piece of you with it. And... <laughs> So, what I had figured out was, while I was gone, the homeless man and her started talking about magic, and somehow he had cast a spell on her, and now her chest was in serious pain, and they were now fighting about magic and yelling about magic, and and he had cast part of a spell, and she's very upset, and I kind of just want to get my jacket and my stuff and leave, but I also kind of want to know what's happening. So, they're just shouting at each other, and she says, "My, my chest hurts, you need to undo this, you need to undo this right now. And he's like, I just, I was in a, that was, you know, I was in a satanic death metal. I used to be a Christian, but now I'm a Satanist or whatever. And, and like, this is odd. So we just, we just go away from the homeless man. We grab another, I don't know why I didn't bail at this point, but we keep going. We grab another table and, and she says like, listen, I know, I know this sounds crazy, but like, I know about magic and, and he knows about magic. Most homeless people do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. Uh, and I'm like, well, okay, yeah, that is, oh, I mean, I guess I see, I see your point. And then she calls him back over and she says, listen, you need to undo this. My chest still hurts. You have to take this out of me. And he goes, all right, fine. And so he kind of holds his hand over her chest and he, he goes, does your chest feel better now? And she goes, um, yeah. And then he walks away and she seems a little bit relaxed. And then she's like, oh man, I'm still, whew, I don't feel that great. I got to talk to Dave. I say, Karen, who's, um, who's Dave? And she goes, Dave is my spiritual advisor. He's a level 33 Freemason, and I just need to talk to him. Freemasons, as I find out later, uh, level 33 is the highest they go. That's the level cap on Freemasons. Um, also, I think as far as conspiracies go... Freemason is not, like, that's not an interest. Like, oh, what if white people had all the power? Oh, you got it, Freemasons. How inventive. Um, so, <laughs> so I ask her, I'm like, could I, could I get you, like, you seem upset. I don't know what I can do here. Can I get you, like, a, like a cab to Dave? And she goes, no. And I'm like, oh, that's the, that's the laughable part tonight. You're right. That's, that's the part we should be laughing at. And she goes, I just, whatever. He's, listen, I'm fine. And she's just texting uh, uh, Freemason on our date. No big deal. And then... I don't know what to do, and I'm just like, well, this is strange. I guess I'm, I should go. And then she goes, hey, um, do you want to do shots? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say, yeah, yeah, let's do shots. And so we go. We go to the bar, and we do shots, and we drink the tall boy of PBR they give you, and we're just sitting there. And then suddenly we're making out. Like, she pulls my face in, and we're just making out, like, really seriously. And she's, like, grabbing my head and pulling it toward hers, and we're making out. And then she pushes me away, and she goes, no, you're disgusting. You're a disgusting pig. You sicken me. What? You're disgusting. I know. What is the correct response? And she goes, she goes, you 
disgust me. You're a pig. You're disgusting. And then she pulls me back in and we're making out. And then she pushes me away and she says that stuff again. And that happens like, I don't know, three times. And then we're both tired of this charade. And I say, listen, Karen, um, this has been a lot, but... (laughs) I'm going to get going now. Do you want to come with me? And she goes, uh, yeah. No. So we, I know, I'm also here in the present. (laughs) We, we take a lift to my apartment, at which point, I know, it's fine. I'm shaking my head too. So we're taking a lift to my apartment. I don't know what kind of small talk the three of us, me, her, and the lift driver can have, but at this point I find out that Dave, the level 33 Freemason, is 70, so she was texting a 70-year-old man like it's not a big deal on our date. And then we get to my apartment and just immediately hook up. Like, up, like you would think the apocalypse was happening. This was like, you're like, oh, it's like the fuck a crazy person. It's exactly how you'd expect. It's very intense and a little bit scary. Like, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, like holding a gun. Like, I've never held a gun. So I'm like, statistically, this will be the end of me. But in the meantime, wee. So. Uh, so. So. We, so we do that. And then when it's done, she's just in her underwear and she's sitting on my couch. And she goes, bring me wine and cheese and meats. I want wine and I want cheese and I want meats. And I'm like, uh. Okay, I have some Gouda and some Camembert in my fridge. I was planning on eating that in my underwear by myself later, but I guess I guess I can make you a cheese plate? And she's like, yeah, do that. And so I make her a cheese plate, and I pour her some wine, and she's just sitting there on my couch, just like swirling the wine and resting the cheese plate on her belly and just eating the cheese, and she goes, this cheese isn't even very good. And I think, like, Amber, now my chest hurts and you cast a spell. It's called being rude. You're being very rude right now. Um, and so she eats the cheese, she drinks the wine, and, uh, and we, we, kind of, we, go, we go to sleep. I guess there's nothing else to do at that point. We've had the scary sex, and she's had the cheese and wine, and we go to sleep. And, uh, uh, and she's like, I want more wine. I'm like, we're going to have some water now because we're adults. It's a Monday night, by the way. I feel like I should remind you guys. It's, I have work in the morning. Oh, boy. So... The next morning we wake up. I wake up at a very early hour. I'm like, oh, I have to, whoa, this is a very, I work in a very strict office. I obviously have to be to work at a very prompt hour. I'm like, do you want any coffee? And she just goes, it's early. I'm like, I know it's early, but can I make you a coffee before we both leave here now? And uh, she goes, I'm tired. I'm like, I know. We've all had a long night of shouting and demanding things and not knowing what NPR is. But I think it's time we go. And so we go. And we take a lift. Uh, because we used a location-specific dating app, I know she kind of lives near the office, which means, like, right now, she might be within a half mile of us, which is terrifying <laughs> for me to know. That's fine. Uh, Got to live your best life. So we um, I drop her off on the way to work. I come into work, and there's it, I got there very early, and there's just one person at the coffee bar. My friend Sandy, he's working at the coffee bar, and he goes, good morning. And I say, good morning. He goes, how are you? And I tell him this entire story. And he goes, oh, my God, when did that happen? And I was like, that wrapped up about 15 minutes ago. I was like, Jesus. Uh, and then I go and I resume my day, and I get a text from Karen at, I don't know, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and she goes, keep hearing about this NPR thing. I go, yeah, it's like national public radio. She goes, uh, learned a lot about 
uh, ant communities today. <laughs> said, uh, said, is that because you were, is that because you were listening to NPR? And she just replies, yeah. And that's the last we ever spoke. <laughs> um, on the upside, I had a story to tell at New Year's, so it was a bit less lonely, which was pretty great. Uh, anyway, thank you. And I would do
I can do that. <laughs> It'll all turn to dust and we'll all fall down And sooner or later you'll be screwing around I won't do that <laughs> No, I won't do anything for love But I won't do that This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.